This is Sergeant Betsy Branner-Smith with the National Police Association, and this is the NPA Report. Hey, I'm going to bring to you today a fellow Arizonan, which I'm really excited about. And, uh, you know, he's enjoying the warm weather like I am. But he uh, is so unusual in some of his concepts and his writings and things that I, I knew I had to bring him uh, onto the national stage. He he is the uh, he he's just an amazing guy. And uh, I want you to hear how he, I think, is going to change police officer recruiting forever. Tom Sai, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Betsy. I'm, I'm very excited to be with you here. Hey, so first and foremost, of course, I, I have to ask everybody this who comes on, who's a cop or was a cop. Why'd you become a cop, Tom? <laughs> Well, uh, probably pretty typical story. Uh, my dad was uh, a cop forever. And, you know, I wanted to be a, a police officer since I was knee high. And of course, as I, I got older, my dad would always say, no, 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 go do something else. You don't want to chase bad guys around forever. So um, I actually did. I had a whole separate career in, um, in broadcasting and marketing. And uh, I got to be 31 years old and I told my wife, I said, hey, I just I, I can't do this anymore. I have to scratch this itch. I have to. I've always wanted to do this. And, you know, obviously she was on board and uh, started applying. We liked Arizona and um, and from our travels and we ended up moving here and, and got hired. And it's it's I've never looked back. It's been the best thing I've ever done. I just love that. So how did you get you know, you have a, a broadcast and a marketing background how did you move those skills into law enforcement yeah so um when i got into the background unit in um 2013 um there really wasn't much of a social media presence at all it was like myspace was the big thing and facebook was just kind of starting to uh, i don't to know that over. most people know what that is anymore <laughs> right, right? <laughs> i don't think so um but um, as um, social media really started to explode, and I noticed, um, I've always been into media and advertising and just watching things and how they grew, and um, I started noticing Facebook was becoming really big in like 2015, 2016, somewhere around there, and there weren't many at all police departments doing anything with social media. Um, and I just decided, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to start a, a recruiting account for our department and we'll see what happens. And I got with my boss and he's like, yeah, let's ask the chief. And, uh, she was, uh, on board with it. She says, yeah, you know, let's, let's see what happens. And it's just gone and gone and grown and grown and exploded from there. You know, and, you know, so fast forward, of course, to post 2020, we're having a difficult time nationwide recruiting people to this profession, you know, and there's many different yeah. reasons for that. We'll talk about that. But, you know, when you look at how we've done recruiting in the past, now I'm of the era where I read an <laughs> ad in the paper. People don't even know what that means. Um, but but then moving forward, you know, there were things, uh, you know, of course, you know, you'd contact the human resources, you know, of the agency you thought you wanted to work for. There were boards online, you know, lots of police recruiting sites, things like that. But we kind of got stagnant, I think. And a lot of that was because, you know, if you had 10 openings on your agency, you would easily get a thousand people to show up to test, right? 
Oh, for a hundred percent. So when I first started 10 years ago in backgrounds, we'd open up and get 14, 1500 applications. Uh, you didn't really have to try. It was open up, close, and you had plenty of people. But uh, obviously, as the, the years have gone on and the climate has changed, that has also changed how many applicants and applications we've been getting. So um, it's, you know, in in 2024, Betsy, it really isn't any different recruiting-wise than it ever has been. It's always been about building relationships and attracting people, whether it was through the, the newspaper like you're talking about or on a job board. That's how I ended up finding mine was on a, a, a internet job board. Um, it's It's been the same forever. It's just different now how we do it. It's it's not that old antiquated style of, of just, hey, we're going to open up or I'm going to go to a job fair or uh, you know, post a recruiting video or anything like that. It's so much more than that now. You know, we we hear a lot of talk about you hear, you know, you know, people your my age, your age, you know, talk about the newer generations and complaining, <laughs> you know, this and that. Yeah. Um, but we have to attract young people, right? So what are your recommendations for that? It's uh, recruiting. I say this all the time. And I'll say it here. Uh, recruiting in 2024 isn't hard. It's just different. Right. So you have to meet your uh, candidates where they're at, build a relationship with them and show them why people like them work for you. That is the absolute paramount way to attract uh, recruits and to recruit like it's 2024 uh, to do that. You have to be on social media, 100%. There's, that's where your applicants are at. Uh, if you don't have uh, an Instagram account, get on Instagram like right now. Uh, get on Instagram. It's the uh, number one app for people aged 21 to 30 in the entire world. I don't know about you, but that sure does sound like recruit aged people to me. <laughs> um, so that's where they're hanging out is on these social media platforms. Uh, and you need to be there right along with them. Um, while you're there, you need to be building relationships. It's not just it's not just about making a post. So where I see agencies going wrong with social media is a they don't have an account at all. <laughs> B they just make a post and and they forget about it, which I like to call post and ghost. You make a post and you're gone. Um, and then the third uh, way that people or agencies rather are struggling is they'll make a post. And it's a job opening. I see this a ton on LinkedIn. Uh, an agency will make a post, hey, we're hiring. And then you'll see in the comments, somebody will say, I'm interested or, oh, that sounds interesting. And nothing happens. <laughs> There's no comment back. There's no uh, interaction. And that's, here's somebody who's interested in your agency begging you to, to look at me, look at me. And you just ignore them. Um, so you, it's not just about posting. It's actually having a presence on social media and being there and monitoring it and, and building that relationship with, with applicants, whether through um, comments or on the, on the uh, internal messaging systems of whichever platform you're on, or even just in your captions, just talking to people about the benefits of the job. That's how you, that's how you do it. Do you recommend that each agency have, you know, a dedicated person or a couple of people um, who are responsible for social media? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and more so than that, I think it's very important that you have two separate social media accounts. So a lot of agencies will just have one account. Here's our main department page, which is great. And that's a great place for, uh, you know, your, your PIO information and your, you know, we're making us look great uh, type, of, type of stuff. But the recruiting page is, is 
has to be completely separate from that because it's two completely different audiences. So your please page, your main page is where people are just coming for information or they're coming to bash you in some cases or uh, doing, you know, whatever it is, friends and family and all that kind of stuff, trying to keep up with information. But the audience for your the recruitment side are people looking for jobs. They're friends of people who just got hired there who will in turn share all of your posts. Uh, they're employees who are working for you who will then in turn help share your posts and, and get the visibility up. Um, so I think it's paramount that, first of all, that you have two separate accounts. And from there, you absolutely should have somebody managing that account and only doing that job. Dep again, depending on your agency size, I'm, I'm speaking in general terms, but um, trying to juggle answering comments, uh, uh, finding trending topics that you can post a link on or say, hey, we do that too type of stuff. It's a full-time job in its own right. But if you're trying to do backgrounds on top of that, or if you're trying to do administration stuff on top of that, or PIO duties on top of that, it gets very difficult and watered down. And that's where I think you see a lot of that post and ghosting where you just don't have time to get back to it. How does, an, you know, businesses <clears throat> actively market themselves, you know, whether yeah. it's for a job or, you know, uh, to let people know, here's all the good things we're doing, stuff like that. Um, and I don't think law enforcement does a good job of, you know, we're, we're almost always on the defensive, right? Hey, we're not bad. Hey, we didn't do that. You know, all of that. Right. right. Um, how do you recommend an agency uh, marketing themselves to the public? So I have a um, an easy way to remember it is I like to tell you to use Tom to help you out. That's me, right? So T-O-M, right? There's three magnets that you could use. So there's a million ways that you can market yourself, right? But uh, three of my favorites that work like a charm um, and are great at helping to build relationships and attract applicants are the teaching magnet, the opportune magnet, and the mirror magnet, T-O-M, right? So the teaching magnet is teaching people how to get through your process. Uh, a lot of times when I'm talking to other agencies, you hear, oh, man, I can't get anybody to show up or I can't get people to pass the oral board or the PT test, right? So teach them how to do that, <laughs> right? Give oral board tips, show them what the PT test is like, give them a exercise plan to use. Show them what it takes to make it through your process. Help them. It's not weakening your applicant pool. It's not, you know, the old school theory and, and thoughts are, oh, they need to make it through their own. But it's just not applicable anymore. It doesn't work, right? We need to change. We have to adapt. Uh, the second is that opportune magnet. And this is where you are um, showing people what types of opportunities that they have. And you do that by uh, posting your benefits, posting promotions, Posting people, hey, uh, you know, this person just made it to detective and here's what they're looking forward to. Here's what they'll be doing. That gets people excited. They say, hey, I'm working at the grocery store, not to disparage grocery employees. So I'm going to say what I'm saying, but hey, you know, I'm working here and I, I want something more. Uh, I want to help my community. And here's a here's a post showing police officers helping in the community. And um, you, you need to build those opportunities that we have and show those consistently. Um, the third magnet is the mirror uh, magnet, which is the people like me uh, philosophy of, of marketing and psychology, right? 
Um, if I want to attract, um, I don't know, whatever, Hispanic female, I'm not going to do that by showing a big muscle-bound SWAT guy walking slowly through a, <laughs> a thing with a with a rifle and smoke coming behind it, right? Uh, if I want to attract Hispanic females, what am I going to do? I'm going to show Hispanic females. <laughs> um, and, and you have to show a variety of different types of people who are working for your agency, men, women, all races, all positions, and not just sworn. We have civilian positions too, which get forgotten about a ton, but they're so important to our agency. And you can show them um, in their uh, different positions and what they're doing. So just quickly for an example, I just put out a post that was National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day uh, on Tuesday. And I saw everybody's posts, you know, I was looking around, everybody had these posts and, oh, you know, we appreciate everybody and all that. I did a 20 second video that had 68 pictures of our officers. <laughs> and it just, I showed you 68 times in 22 seconds that people like you work for us. Uh, and that's what it's all about. So somebody can look and go, hey, that person did it, I can do it too. You know, that's such a great idea because I think, you know, one of the things that we've seen over the last, you know, 20 plus years is most recruiting videos, most recruiting posters <laughs> show, um, you know, canines, helicopters, big yeah. guns, SWAT team, <laughs> all that stuff. I was in a couple of those posters as the yeah. token woman or two. And, uh, um, uh, that's not necessarily what this newer generation is looking for, is it? No, it's absolutely not. So, and that's not to say that that some of them don't want to do those positions. Here's the easiest way, and it's kind of a, uh, a, a I call it a secret, but it's it's just plain as day, right? Where we go wrong with these types of videos, and you're absolutely right, every recruiting video is the same thing. Here's the slow motion drone footage of the building and the SWAT guy walking through, right? It's the same video over and over and over again, right? The people attracted to that video, you've already got them. They were already coming here. They're the people that wanted to be cops their whole life. They think that stuff is really awesome and there's nothing else on earth for them. So you really already have those folks, right? So the secret is you're not recruiting cops you're recruiting people and that's where we go wrong because yeah, we yeah. see all this oh look at this cool cop stuff i was on swat i did this this stuff is amazing <laughs> where people who are just off the street are like yeah i guess that's kind of cool but i really i really want to know am i going to be able to advance am i going to have a solid future can i help people can i show people in my community this is something i hear a lot from my applicants is i just i wanted to I want to grow up and show people and, you know, my brothers, my sisters, my cousins, that they can be something too. And to show that is really where it's at in 2024. That's how you do it. Tom, are we in danger of lowering standards to the point where we're going to negatively impact our community as well as our profession? Um, so it's an interesting question. So I, I think it could go that way, but I think what happens a lot of times is people get confused between hiring standards and hiring preferences, right? So for example, the, the Pennsylvania State Police, I don't know, it was a couple of months ago, they, they lowered their uh, education requirement, right? Uh, and they did away with that. Uh, and I saw on LinkedIn, everybody was up in arms. This is, you know, lowering our standards and our community's falling apart and, and everything's going to be so bad. And again, I'm not going to discount a college education. It's phenomenal. But 
You don't need a, a college education to be a cop. You need to be a good person. You need to have some street smarts. You need to know how to help people. You have to have a desire to help people. So uh, you saw what happened is their applications shot through the roof as soon as they did that. So I think it's important to first distinguish what are you actually lowering? Is it is it a true standard, right? You can't have people out there who've been convicted of felonies or been selling drugs or robbing people. You can't have that. It, it doesn't take a, a genius to figure out uh, what the end result would of that would be, right? But to have a beard. We we just got beards at my agency two years ago. It was the greatest thing in my life. I, I loved it. And, <laughs> but a lot of people look at that as, oh, we can't. We're unprofessional. We're, we're, we're not any less professional, right? <laughs> we're still doing our thing. I just have a beard. Uh, and it takes a, a lot to wrap your head around that. And um, some of the things for me, too, like um like marijuana standards i guess is the the big one right now and it took me forever to wrap my head around that lowered standard now i'm not advocating for marijuana use i don't use marijuana i would never use marijuana i don't like the smell of it i don't i don't think that that it's a good thing right but i've learned to to accept the fact that society has accepted it and it's basically like no different than drinking wine or a beer and I have to accept that. It doesn't mean I have to indulge and go smoke marijuana, but I have to accept that. So, uh, you know, it, it depends on, on, on how you look at it. I don't think that every standard is created equal by, by any stretch of the means. But, um, you know, when, when agencies get desperate, they start doing desperate things. And I'm hoping that, that through my teachings in, in this revolution, I call it a police marketing revolution. That's what I'm leading right now. And I'm trying to, to, to bring that to the forefront that um, standards and in, in changing things like that won't even be a concern one day. How much has the last, you know, three and a half years of the demonization of our entire <laughs> profession affected police recruitment nationwide? Uh, it's affected it uh, in a lot of ways, um, the, the most of which is applications um, cut in half from half from five years ago. Um, that's the biggest thing. So, uh, you know, like we, we talked about in the, in the beginning of, you know, when you'd open up and 1500 people would put in. Um, you know, those days are just simply gone uh, with the, the way the climate is. That doesn't mean they won't come back. They, things are constantly evolving. And I think that's a, another big um, part of things is you have to be ready for things and you have to constantly change. But yeah, it's um, the climate has definitely affected applications. I get a lot more questions now than I ever did about, you know, how's the public and, you know, how to, how do, um, the, how does the community respond to your officers and that type of stuff. So we find ourselves answering a lot more questions, but uh, again, we show in our posts that, you know, the community supports us and that our staff supports us and the city council supports us. And, um, you know, obviously, if that's not the case, you can't do that. But uh, that calls for a whole new recruiting strategy. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, because that's something I, I always tell young people now or officers looking to transfer is look at um, the political climate, look at community support, look at who's the mayor, who's the city council, you yeah. know, who's the county board, you know, all those different things. Um, how much of a difference does money make when we're talking about recruiting cops? Not as much as you would think, believe it or not. So 
Um, what I'm finding is that everybody typically pays somewhere around the same, as, at least in in this area, in the in the Metro Phoenix area, right? Uh, you have some on the top end, you have some in the low end. Uh, everybody has some sort of hiring bonus. That was a, a thing that got pretty big a couple of years ago, but is is now everybody's doing it now. So it's really not that effective. Um, money is not the motivator that people think it was or that it once was. It really is. That that job security, that chance to be something more than than yourself, and to be a part of a team, and to be supported, and to to help people out—that's really the driver of this new generation. And and heck, we taught them that, right? We taught them to be good people and to do all that stuff. Um, and 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 they're doing that that kind of thing. So um, the, the the money's nice, and you know, as a as a, a person who's topped out, I love it. I I think it's great every time we go up, but <laughs> it's really not the motivator that people think it is. It's it's nice to put that out there in your ad, so. People understand what they're making, but there's so much more to attracting applicants. I'm so I'm so glad to hear you say that because that, that that has been uh, my experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, people need to know more about you. Yeah. Um, I think agencies need to know about you so they can bring <laughs> you in and get some training. Um, tell everyone where they can find you and uh, follow what you're doing and uh, access some of this incredible wisdom that you have. No, thank you. Sure. Uh, I'm on uh, on the web at my website, 4copstraining.com. That's F-O-R-copstraining.com. There's not four of us, it's just me. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm on social media at the same, at 4copstraining. Uh, the only one that's different is my LinkedIn. It's uh, it's Tom hyphen Sai is uh, where you can find me on there. But uh, I'd love to to help other agencies. I put out a lot of content uh, uh, every single day, every week. I have a newsletter weekly uh, that just gives you free information about how to do this and how to start recruiting like it's 2024 because it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Tom Sai, thanks for spending time with us today. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Last year, law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain